And now, it's time for the Shake and Blake Show live on Wildcat 91.9. I love it. Say it one more time. Shake and Blake! Does that feel good? Yeah. It rhymes. They're both verbs. Awesome. Blake Crawford. It's not very often that you have a National Player of the Year candidate wearing the purple and white. John Grove. It just felt like he could do nothing wrong with the ball in his hands. Bring you all things K-State sports and even more. And it's Shake and Blake time. History has demonstrated that the most notable winners usually encountered heartbreaking obstacles before they triumphed. They won because they refused to become discouraged by their defeats. BC Forbes. So many memorable K-State moments are etched into our minds, but how did they get there? The thrill of victory is memorable, but what is not is the agony of defeat along the way to experience the ultimate triumph. History is written by the victors, Winston Churchill. It's a big, 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 big touchdown! Join Blake Crawford and John Grove as they look back on K-State's greatest moments. Episode 2, Unhitching the Wagon. What's the definition of a Sooner? Someone that sooner or later figures out they're not as great as they thought they were, but they're just another mediocre Saturday football player. Keep running that mouth, Bob Stupervisor. Keep running your mouth, OU fans, because Saturday evening on Fox, we are going to pound you. We are going to light you up. We are going to expose every weakness that we found and you haven't even thought about. You're next on the chopping block. Here's Jones. Under pressure now. Jones! Lost it! Picked up! Touchdown, K-State! Welcome, everybody, in to episode two of Willie's Archive. John, we're going to be re-watching K-State versus Oklahoma, September 22nd, 2012. I mean, John, I'm just going to go straight to you. What comes to mind when I, you, I bring up the 2012 K-State football team? Just the amount of success that K- that a that a program like K State hasn't as rarely witnessed. We we talked about the 1998 uh, team in our last episode, right? And then now we're talking about the 2012 team, in which had a had a fantastic run, won the Big 12 championship, uh, played in the Fiesta Bowl as well. It's it was a great year overall, uh, led by a Heisman Heisman candidate potentially in Colin Klein and. You also got a lot of weapons as well, such as Tremaine Thompson, Chris Harper, Tyler Lockett, a lot of key key players right there, uh, just all contributing 
to what was one of the best K-State teams uh, in history. Yeah, and it turned out to be kind of a once-in-a-generation type team that we've really kind of been longing for, especially us, you know, us youngsters um, that weren't around for the 98 and team. It really gives us, like, a, a whole view of what of how Bill Snyder's really done for the program. Yeah. We've seen the, pe- the, the first generation get a w- look at the, at the way Bill Snyder has – Really brought that program back from the dead, and it's kind of it was kind of similar back then when K State was uh, getting up, getting up out of the uh, Ron Prince era, and then kind of getting back into the Bill Snyder era. Uh, three consecutive bowl games uh, right out of the gates uh, with the Pinstripe Bowl in 2010, and then just immediately just skyrockets to uh, to a uh, fantastic season, reaching double digits, double digit wins in 2011. Uh, but 2012, that was a special year uh, for for Wildcat fans everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you brought it up. Let's go ahead and set it up a little bit before we get to the uh, K-State versus OU game, which was week four um, of the college football season. Maybe week five we might have had. I think it was was week four because I don't think we had an off week. OU did. But let's get in the mindset of 2012 a little bit. John Gass was 347. The number one song uh, September twenty second, two thousand twelve, was "Whistle" by Flo Rida, which is really sad because I think that song sucks. It does. Suck. It does kind of suck. It's just, it's just such a, st- it's such. Come a, on. Anyway, the number one movie at the time was "End of Watch" with Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Michael Pena, and uh, Anna Kendrick. I don't know why Anna Kendrick was in an action thriller. I've never seen "End of Watch," but anyway, two thousand twelve was a good year for movies. John, The Avengers, Dark Knight Rises, Twenty One Jump Street, The Hunger Games movie. Um, there were a few others. Wreck It Ralph. It, you know, I, I was eleven, so I went and saw Wreck It Ralph, which is I, I saw Wreck It Ralph too. That was a great movie. Did uh, you read The Hunger Games when you were a kid? I did not read The Hunger Games. I did see Twenty One Jump Street as I got an older though, and oh yeah, the the, the that franchise is just an all time classic. Yeah, uh, 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 from for sure. Ted came out in twenty twelve as Ted well, but uh, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the Hunger Games. I, re- I remember being in fifth grade and everybody was going around reading the Hunger Games. The second one, Catching Fire, is definitely the best book, which is usually how uh, trilogies are. But it was really cool to see it come to life. Uh, it was the one year anniversary of Occupy Wall Street was five days ago. It was an election year. Uh, Barack Obama uh, was the incumbent was going against Mitt Romney. They would have a debate in a few weeks. Uh, and around in other sports, the NBA was in the middle of a lockout right now, but um, nobody cared because they were too busy making fun of LeBron James for creating <laughs> a super team and then choking in the finals to the Dirk Nowitzki's Mavericks. Um, those were good times. I, uh, that was I think, awesome. I think I actually like liked. I wanted LeBron to win that year. But then the next year, you know, he he plays the Thunder in the finals, who I was a big fan of, and then he beat them in five games, and that made me mad, so I hated him ever since. But anyway, that's that's completely unrelated. The New York Giants that year, they're looking to repeat right now because uh, they they beat Tom Brady back last February for the second time. There's so just, there's just something with Eli Manning. Something with, he's got being, some, being Tom Brady's kryptonite. Just some sort of magic with that Eli Manning. Well, <laughs> we'll see what he does in the coming years. Um, I'm going to take a guess it's not great. Uh, the MLB season would just be wrapping up. The Royals would finish the season 72-90. and 90. Uh, Not much to talk about. I mean, a lot of the players from that 2014 and 2015 team were already on the roster. It was a really young team. They just needed a couple years to put it together. Just needed a lot of development. Yeah. It took 
it was on a year-by-year basis, but then they yeah, really got things Yeah, find going. Wade Davis and, you know, try him out as a starting pitcher, then throw him in the bullpen and go down yep. It's an all-time great. But most importantly, John, in college football, K-State was 3-0. and They'd pretty much whooped all three of their non-con opponents, including Miami. Oh, my goodness. Which, feel, which felt pretty good. That one felt really good. A lot of people uh, in the in the, uh, in the the media, whether it was ESPN, uh, 24-7 sports, they had Miami – uh, man, Miami as a as a close favorite to win that game. K State just annihilated them right from the yeah. get go, and it felt so good uh, yeah. just being just being there. I think there was a Miami fan behind us. He was just completely deflated and <laughs> devastated as well. It was, it was it was awesome. And then uh, what what else? Yeah, that For, was when there was that sign the no hurricane. There's no hurricanes in Kansas. Oh, was, I remember. Uh, we we had the mask on that on that uh, intro. Yeah, he, he's just an iconic legend. I remember him saying, uh, "So here I am on my boat, waiting yeah. on Miami, <laughs> waiting for a hurricane. hurricane. Not even a light shower can stop what <laughs> K State did. Uh, that was amazing. Yeah, uh, it was a, it was a great win. Uh, came out out of that week afterwards, a little bit shaky. Beat North Texas thirty five to twenty one. Uh, hitting into the Oklahoma game as well. Yeah, um, and then for Oklahoma, they'd pretty much just beaten both their opponents. But the one thing I did want to mention, John, you're coming off a 2011 season where you were projected to finish eighth, but you rise above all expectations mm-hmm. and finish second. Um, you win eight of your ten games by a touchdown or less, John. I mean, this game, t- the 2011 season is just like a, like every game is pretty much a Willie's Archive episode. I mean, you have the 10 to seven win over Eastern Kentucky. <laughs> you barely beat. You have the goal line stand against Miami. You have the Arthur Brown interception in that crazy game against RG3 who was the you know the hot like the talk of the town um, coming into that game you have a really close loss to Oklahoma State who was number 3 in the country they would yep. go on to win the Big 12 um let's see what you have the quadruple Four. overtime game against, against Texas, Texas A&M, A&M. Yep. I mean oh my and you also had two more close games in Austin where Texas looked like they were about to drive the ball downfield, yeah, uh, looked, which looked like a really long, uh, really long play at the end. But K State got that win by one possession as well, and then uh, the, Missouri, late, the Missouri game was also a one possession Iowa, game. No, Iowa State at the end of a year that was yeah. a really close game. I think the Cyclones had, I think it was tied at twenty three, maybe at one point. I I haven't. It's, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been. I, I mean, I'm, it's, keeping, <laughs> I'm keeping track of the Oklahoma game tonight, but that was a great game as well. Uh, it just really came to show how how ready this team was, uh, just showing the amount of potential they had, and they they did not disappoint except yeah. for one week in 2012. Yeah, I mean, you know, in 2010, Colin Klein was in a bit of a quarterback battle with Carson Kaufman. He comes in 2011 his junior year, establishes himself as a pretty solid guy. 2012, I mean, he is ready to go, and we come out firing. But we're here in week four. This is the ultimate test. You're starting out K State right away against number six Oklahoma. In Gaylord something something Stadium in Norman, Oklahoma, September twenty second, two thousand twelve. I mean, the year before. One thing to mention from the twenty eleven season: Landry oh. Jones throws for five hundred and five yards, which is a school record. I'm not sure if it's actually it definitely didn't stand. Baker Mayfield definitely broke it in that um, game against Patrick Mahomes, where they both threw for like six hundred yards. But um, he, it was a school record at the time. They mollywopped us 58-17. to 17. We're coming into this game looking for revenge. We got a ton of returning seniors, a stacked defense, uh, a stacked offense. I mean, we were roaring to go, John. And, he, and even looking at uh, the preseason poll that year, K-State, I think, was preseason eighth. And they finished the year as the Big 12 champion. Uh, but back to the Oklahoma game, uh, 
this team this team was looking really hot, right? You, you come up with a bunch of big wins, uh, a lot of them which by double digits, and then you get an Oklahoma team who hasn't really fared, fared against anybody. Uh, they, they had Notre Dame later on the schedule as well. Uh, so they had I think they had yeah. like two non-conference games, maybe another conference game leading in leading into the game uh, that day. Uh, but yeah, it, it was it was a prime time game, and K State K State K State's been real. K State was really good uh, at, at, in prime time games this season. Yeah, that yeah, season. in that 2012 season. Just a couple more things to note before we uh, take a quick break, then get actually into the game. Uh, this is the first year of the new Big Twelve. Um, Colorado, Nebraska, Texas A&M, and Missouri are all gone. Yeah, TCU and West Virginia now. They are in. Um, We're still in the BCS system, John. Uh, We'll we'll get to the infamous uh, BCS Controversies Wikipedia page. Um, But we're two years away from the college football playoff. I believe I saw in the 2011-12 season there were talks of a college football playoff. Obviously, people were throwing theories out because the college football, you know, how hard can it be to decide a national champion? Really freaking hard. Really freaking hard. (laughs) The BCS, uh, it was one of the most imperfect systems of all time. We already talked about the K-State BCS controversy in 1998. And then there's just been a it's just it's clearly been an imperfect system. I mean, even in 2011, John, we're number eight, I believe, at the time, we and could, we don't get a bid for the Sugar Bowl. And then we and then we deal with Arkansas and the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, which, which is which I think I was really excited. I think that like that could have counted as a BCS bowl bowl game, like, like, but but it didn't count count it as back then. I mean, everybody sees the Cotton Bowl kind of as that you know like there's the main four, and then right there, you know, like one B is the Cotton Bowl. So it's still a very prestigious bowl. Obviously, you know, being in Dallas or, you know, Austin, you know, whatever um, at Jerry World is, you know, it's a cool place to go for K-State fans down south. But um, I think, John, with that, we'll go ahead and take a quick break and then we'll actually get into the game. And um, we've talked about the K-State mask a little bit. He's, you know, you can't talk about the 2012 season without talking about the K-State mask. I think in his um, in his pregame inspiration against Baylor, he put it best about this football team. The 2012 Kansas State Wildcat football team will be talked about for ages. Your grandkids' grandkids will talk about it. Let's give them a reason to finish the story. And we're back on the Shake and Blake show with Blake Crawford and John Grove doing Willie's Archive, Episode 2, September 22nd, 2012, Number 15, K-State versus number 6, Oklahoma, at Gaylord Memorial Family Whatever Stadium in Norman, Oklahoma. Um, The Gaylord Stampede. The Gaylord Stampede. Let's go ahead and get into this game, John. Gus Johnson, Charles Davis on commentary. Um, This is kind of, you know, for an Oklahoma game, it's not what you'd expect. It's definitely both teams took a while to kind of figure each other out. Um, we start out kind of slow offensively, and um, and Oklahoma did as well. They yeah. only converting a field goal at the end of the first quarter. It's it it's, it was a lot of defense, um, mainly in the first quarter uh, and early on in the third quarter as well, which we'll get to. Yeah, I mean, you know, we played the clip at the uh, in the uh, intro part of um, a huge break for us where we get we get them down on their, you know, I think on their 10-yard line or something. Justin Tuggle forces a fumble. Jarrell Childs picks it up for a touchdown to take a 7-3 to lead. And when your offense is really struggling, that was really helpful. 
Um, I mean, this we talked a lot about the players on the K-State offense from this 2012 Tijon. The defense was pretty stacked, too. I mean, you had Ty Zimmerman, Arthur Brown, who was apparently – do you remember him being called the judge? I don't yeah, remember. Okay. A, a I don't little remember bit. that. A, a little bit as well. Uh, I think you also had uh, – well, I mean, just going by nicknames in general, you got John Huber as the Cookie the Monster. The Cookie Monster. Uh, I don't know if that was ever official. I mean, the K-State mass kept saying it. I don't know if anybody really, like, validated it. But, I mean, he's right. John Hubert does run like a dude who, you know, the other team like stole his cookies. Monster. Yeah. Like, that's an, <laughs> that's the best way you can describe it right there. Yeah, I mean, it really takes a while for everything to uh, get going. I mean, it's 7-3 at uh, – I believe 10-6 at halftime. It's, it's Oklahoma cannot stop shooting themselves in the foot. I mean, they have the ball – on the three-yard line, they put in the belldozer, the Wichita, Kansas native, Blake Bell, who's, who's still with the Chiefs, I believe, now. I um, think so, yeah. tight end, But he, the belldozer goes in for a touchdown, and then, uh, you know, it all it all goes to hell. Secrecy of what he's going to do. Oh, he fumbled it! And Kansas State has it! Oh, man, that, that, that was just, like, what, what, what was Blake Bell doing? Now, here's, here's a problem with Oklahoma. They were playing way too many often, uh, quarterbacks that day with uh, Blake Bell and Landry Jones. Uh, you said it well, well known as the uh, belldozer back. Uh, he he was really well known for that back in 2011. He really did that in 2012 until the K State game, and he had the Sooners right on the one yard line. Uh, his body was in motion, like looking at yeah. looking at it, his body was in motion before he was able to secure the ball costing Oklahoma another turnover and Ty Zimmerman gets one of two two turnover uh two of his uh one of uh two turnovers he was able to recover from Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean I believe they mentioned that's his Blake Bell's first snap of the season. Besides you know, so you know, after if you're you're pretty cold after only doing stuff in practice going out there and it was just really unfortunate for them. Um, let's see. I mean, not much to talk about in the first half. Getting well, into the uh, yeah, go ahead. They also well, kind of on that one prior to the prior to that um, one play by Blake Bell. Um, I'm just kind of pointing it out. Yeah, go ahead. Just seeing uh, there was just this legit play from Sterling Shepard, one of the all time uh, one of the all time wide receivers at Oklahoma, in my opinion. He had an 11 uh, 11 yard run. Uh, which included included a leap over one of the top corners oh, in the country yeah. and Nigel Malone. That yeah. was that was pretty cool to see, and just seeing Oklahoma not being able to capitalize off of that. I mean that that uh, as a K State fan, you love it, but I mean as a college football fan, just just looking, at it, I was like, oh man, like what, what's happening? Out yeah, there? I mean, like uh, I think we'll get to this later in the categories, but I mean, I do I do like really miss how we used to run our offense like this. Like I really I think. Um, one of the more like somewhat future thing like uh, things that we did was a lot of that like our like modified RPO stuff where Colin Klein would do a lot of like he would fake the you know the quarterback draw and then go into a pass or he would you know pretend to run and he have the option to run or throw a screen. Well, I mean, I think it was it was actually pretty innovative. I think that and also add to that the K State pistol offense that they yeah. used that night as well. That really came in handy. Um, against the Sooners, uh, you you were able to have a quarterback and a shallow shotgun, um, and and and, a, and a, the amount of formations you can have, uh, it it helps play actions leading downhill runs. Um, we seen we seen from uh, Tremaine Thompson. Um, I think we 
and uh, John Hubert as well. So, some of that stuff as well. I mean, you also had you also had the option game available when when it was needed as well. Yeah. You know what? Oh, John, I'm going to go ahead and bring this up now. Did you see the uh, the Affleck trivia question that they asked in the middle of the game? When what uh, what was it? When was Oklahoma's like who did Oklahoma lose to in the 2003 national championship? Right? Yeah. Well, it was after they lost to K State. Yeah, it was what bowl game did OU go to after losing the Big 12 championship the, to K State? The national championship. Yeah, they lost 35 to seven in the Big 12 championship, and they still made the national championship. And then they, in a two, they like lost oh, to LSU. They lost to LSU. That is actually a really interesting year because there was a lot of controversy around that. We're gonna head and go and go up a bit. In the big, just I just want to touch on this a little bit because I thought it was really go, interesting. Go ahead, go ahead. So yeah, obviously um, Oklahoma loses to LSU in the national championship. USC was number three at the time. The computers just really loved Oklahoma. They didn't care that they lost to K State. They were still number one even after that in the computers, and that's what got them the number two spot to play. But USC obviously was not very happy about that, and the AP actually ruled USC the national champions for that year. And and under the BCS contract, ev- all everybody in the coaches poll is legally contractually obligated <laughs> to vote for the winner of the BCS title game. But three coaches actually voted against LSU to win. It was oh, a couple man. of people from the Pac-12. It's just like, can, can you imagine? Oh my gosh! Can you imagine if these days, uh, like three coaches uh, voted for UCF to win? What was it like? But. 2018 yeah. or 19. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Can you imagine if that if that happened? I mean, that would just the college football playoff then would just be imploded. It's good that we have a little more of a structural system uh, t- because 2012 wasn't pretty either. Yeah, I mean, yeah, every year you, you had you had Northern Illinois yeah playing in the Orange Bowl. Northern Illinois, Oklahoma didn't go to a BCS bowl game. They were in the Cotton Bowl having to deal with Johnny Manziel and Texas A and M. And then meanwhile, they get to watch Florida State just trounce all over Northern Illinois in the Orange Bowl. It was, it was just a complete mess. Man. Yeah, I believe you have to be in the top fourteen to be able to qualify for a BCS bowl. But I think Northern Illinois was right on that cutoff at fourteen. No, they were they were at fifteen. But oh, really? But the thing is, um, if if you were yeah, you're if right. you were uh, I think the top uh, conference champion. Uh, ranked around there, or like the top fifteen or something. I'm yeah. not really sure. I'm about actually that. if I actually have. Uh, so they were ranked fifteenth. You have to be in the top sixteen in the BCS rankings, um, and they were actually ranked higher than the two other conference champion um, auto qualifiers, Louisville and Wisconsin, when the Big East was still a thing. Um, and that actually got them into the the BCS game. Like how, I mean, well, oh Lou, Louisville, Louisville also played in the Sugar Bowl that year against. Oh, they did. Uh, okay, Florida. Yeah, I must have been reading that wrong. But oh, I mean, it's just it's 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 the it's, BCS. It's, it's just it's, an insanely it's, bad system. It's tough for any any person to comprehend. Honestly, it is. Anyway, should we get back to this game, John? We did. It's a, it, for those who are new to the show, we we, we like to we, get off track. We like to get up. We like there's there's plenty of tangents to be had when you're talking about the BCS and the true madness that it was. That's right. One, one thing I thought was funny. Um, I think it was Julie Alexandria was the name of the uh, sideline reporter. She was giving the halftime report, and right behind her was Jim Ross, the famous WWE and now AEW commentator. He was just standing former, there. Was, former Oklahoma. Yeah, he was I an o- Oklahoman. Yeah, because his theme um, was the Oklahoma. Um, fight song when he would come out, which instantly <laughs> made him made me hate him 
no, he was he was great. Anyway, uh, it was just really random to see him behind. I was like, is that Jim Ross? Like, what is he doing here? Anyway, uh, get into the second half. Um, I'll go ahead and bring up uh, one of the categories, um, the John Higgins Award for the biggest ref blown call. I think you have something different, but um, I just want to bring up on this drive, there were three pretty huge calls um, that were missed that led to Oklahoma taking a 13-10 to lead um, in the middle of the third quarter. So first of all, um, one of the first plays, they do like one of those little um, pitches to yeah. a wide receiver like on a jet sweep, but it's not a handoff. It's actually a pitch. Um, it's like instantaneously – um, he pitches. He pretty much just loses it, fumbles. K State picks it up. Absolutely huge, right? Mm-hmm. They go to review. They spend a while on it, and they actually rule like it was a forward three to pass. Five minutes. Yeah, on it, they then... rule it was a forward pass. Which I don't know. I don't it, know. The thing is, like, I think Charles Davis actually made a good point that if you like, if you bring it up in slow motion, you can maybe see it. But if you look at it in full speed, like, like I don't know how you could say he had possession. I mean, that's, you know, in the big picture, it's neither here nor there. I just think it was a missed call. One of them, on another one, um, an OU wide receiver steps out of bounds, goes back in bounds, and catches a pass. and then But OU does their hurry-up offense, and they have no time to do anything about it. Um, and they which, ca- is, which is honestly a, a smart move. Like, if yeah, you're not sure just, about anything, hurry hurry up and get the snap off. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to cheat, at least so do it right. So Because, right. like, if you're if you're going to spend too long, then, then the reps are going to – uh, suddenly stop play and they're going to get together to review the previous call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also uh, on one of them, uh, Kenny Stills dropped a ball, but there was pass interference, I believe, on that anyway, but that was just something I wanted to throw in. That was my John Higgins award for the biggest ref-blown call <laughs> the game, which uh, could have turned the tide if K-State had lost, but luckily uh, we go down, we score back-to-back touchdowns, really um, able to bounce back off of that. Um, here's Klein's TD to take the lead. Well, I, you you kind of look at that drive. Uh, it was a great way to capitalize off what was another Oklahoma turnover. Yeah, uh, Landry Jones. He was off of his back foot, froze an interception towards Ty Zimmerman. Uh, if he didn't feel right on it, he should have uh, gotten sacked or just thrown out of bounds. Instead, it cost a third turnover game, and which led to Colin Klein's uh, run. He allowed for patience um, with the, with the back of his formation. Got the block from. Uh, from Braden Wilson and another one from John Hubert. If he went any faster on that run, he wouldn't have been able to get the block he needed. So that was, that was a really smart move on his part uh, when it comes to the offensive formation. Yeah. You know, I think he allowed he allowed the patience. Yeah, I think Mike Stoops, the uh, defensive coordinator for Oklahoma at the time, he made a good point when they were talking with the broadcast team that K State really runs three offenses. You have the under the gun stuff. Um, you have the you know the shotgun. You have the pistol stuff. And I think that's really what made Colin Klein truly a special quarterback and what made these Bill Snyder offenses like really run and took it to a really special a big 12 championship special level that you're basically doing three offenses he's got the entire playbook you know um under his thumb and he's able to do pretty much you know anything he wants really and he understands the offense just as much as Snyder does and you mentioned the patience Klein was such a patient runner I mean especially on that one you know he spends a good second just chilling he waits for the linebacker to dive in yep. he, he bounces outside and it's an easy touchdown and he was a really smart runner you know he obviously wasn't super fast but he was really physical really tough and he knew how to find his holes it was about it was a for for his sake so you it was kind of like summarizing it's about being physical physical and smart with it uh there's been there's been a few instances where it's been like that 
and and it's really paid off uh, when it comes to some of the drives up a goal line. He brings a physicality uh, when he needs to punch it into the end zone. Um, well, when he drives it into the end zone. Yeah. Um, the, then, the famed quarterback sneak. That's right. Can't, can't ever go wrong with the quarterback sneak with Colin Klein, a quarterback. Yep. Yeah, it, it, it was it, he was a type of quarterback that while he, while you you said he while he wasn't the fastest on the field, I don't think you necessarily need to have the fastest on the field to even compete with some of the uh, fastest uh, teams out there. I mean, we'll look at Oregon and and Oregon Oregon was just the quickest team all around, getting K State in trouble during the Fiesta Bowl. But yeah. in, in the Big Twelve. Like Klein really had his way, whether it was uh, with a lot of run RPOs. Yeah, they really did all that stuff. Uh, I mean, let's go ahead and get this game wrapped up a little bit, so we can talk a little bit uh, more big picture. So, um, K State marches down the field again. They're up seventeen thirteen. They march down the field again, thanks to a big um, third down and nine conversion on a blown coverage by uh, <laughs> Oklahoma for uh, Tremaine Thompson, who's totally wide open on the sideline. Tries to get out and run. Klein. I find I find that play really interesting uh, from an offensive weapon standpoint. You got Lockett and Harper, but from what I saw, you got both Lockett and Harper moving to the right side, which triggered a response uh, from the Oklahoma secondary to move uh, to the right along with them, creating just a completely wide open Tremaine Thompson on the left side of the field. Klein, with those type of plays, he just really gives me uh, some Johnny Unitas vibes. Like he really resembles a player like Johnny Unitas back in the day. Yeah, and then um, somebody we haven't really talked about a lot, but we should probably give you know some credit to John Hubert, the Cookie Monster. The Cookie Monster. He's just I think he's. I mean, (laughs) we mentioned last week in trivia that he's second all time in K State in rushing yards, and I don't know, I don't know want to say he's underrated, but he doesn't get talked about a ton, and he's a tough runner, man. he is a tough runner. He, 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 we talk about some of the running backs. Well, uh, in K State history, with the likes of Darren Sproles, and, and right now with Deuce, Deuce Vaughn, Vaughn, you gotta have John Hubert up there as well. The way he's, the way with the amount of players that he made um, during his time at K State, they, they were certainly uh, up there for sure. Yeah, I mean, here's his touchdown to give a uh, 24-13 lead. And if you haven't watched this game, it's up on YouTube, the whole thing, thanks to, I believe, Davis KB on YouTube. So thank you for uh, uploading the entire game. It's a, it is a tough run to get into the end zone. Here it is. Down and goal with the 9-8 play of the drive for Kansas State. Hubert. He he was just hiding in there like yeah. like, like some kind of ghost and just seeing him pop out was like oh, wait where did he come from like what yeah. what, what happened uh, but he 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 got caught in the morass with some of the some of the defenders for Oklahoma with Tom Ward and Javon Harris uh, it looked like as if he was going to be tackled for for maybe about a four yard gain however it was no direct shot uh, and Jamarcus McFarland uh, couldn't contain. Uh, 
uh, John Hubert Ever, which evidently led to a nine-yard touchdown score. That was a big play. Yeah, and that's a big one too because you don't want to settle for three there and make it twenty to thirteen. Give Landry Jones a game to chance to tie the game. Um, so you take a twenty-four thirteen lead, which is really huge. You're in like halfway through the fourth quarter. Like se- I think seven minutes and nine yeah. seconds. Yeah. So then OU goes down to score a touchdown. They go for two, don't get it on a deflected pass. I'm not sure who deflected it, but um, big deflection. They make it 24-19, and K-State's got two big third downs they got to convert. Under four minutes left in this game. Do not want to give the ball back to Landry Jones. And they're both long, and you both have to pass, which is a little scary when you've got Colin Klein's throwing motion uh, at quarterback. But they were some huge uh, third down completions. Here they are. Uh, Here's both plays back-to-back. I mean, those were both huge. I believe that second was actually third and three, and they ran the quarterback power yeah, for Klein. But a, yeah, he yeah, inched his way over. Power. So sorry about that. Oh, all good. but um, and then we just—I think I was under two minutes left. Oh, you didn't have any timeouts, so we run the clock out. We win the in game. K- in case they didn't have timeouts either, so they didn't need a call in yeah. as well. And then uh, first time we beat OU in Norman since 1997 yep, at the time. October 25th, 1997. Yep. It was also the first loss for Bob Stoops against a ranked team at home. He was previously 14-0 and until wow. that day. That, that is impressive. Yep. That is really impressive. And, oh and, my who, gosh. and who would have thought it would have came up against his mentor. His Yep. Bill Snyder. Yeah, Bob Stoops and Mike Stoops, both uh, mentors of um, Bill, uh, Bill Snyder. Mike Stoops might have actually been on the coaching staff at that time in 1997. It, you, I think he was the defensive coordinator in 98. I think so, yeah. I may, yeah. Maybe. All right, we'll talk a lot more, more about this game and the 2012 team after we take a quick break, go through some categories, and we'll uh, compare the 2012 team to the 1998 team for who's the greatest K-State team of all time here on the Shake'em Lake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove doing Willie's Archive, Episode 2, September 22nd, 2012, K-State versus Oklahoma. And we are back, John, here on the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove to go through some categories here for Willie's Archive Episode 2. So um, some of these I made up myself. Some of these I stole from Bill Simmons. The Rewatchables, uh, please don't tell him. Um, actually, he probably can't copyright them anyway, so well, who cares? Well, that and you just kind of blared it out on the air, so yeah, good luck. Well, I mean, if Bill's listening, then I've probably done something right. So, I mean, good artists borrow, great artists steal, right? So right. summarize this game in six words or less. John, I just put uh, Bob Stoops' visor ain't it, lol. Oh. <laughs> that that doesn't really summarize the game, but uh, it's true. Oh, dang it. I, this might be a little bit longer than six. I can't do math. Uh, we wear either full hats or no hats. Yeah. <laughs> That's close enough. Eight it's words. Close enough? Yeah. Okay. I was. I mean, if I wanted to actually summarize this um, game, it would be like, Oklahoma made mistakes. We capitalized. Landry Got Jones him. was piss poor. Well, Landry Jones is two words. I <laughs> Emo. There you go. All right, most rewatchable sequence. I just put the fourth quarter. I think there's not really. If you want to go back and watch this game, I would just go right to the fourth quarter. You maybe you go see the touchdown or watch some highlights, but I'll, you you just go to the the um the scoop and score. They make it seven to three, that, yeah, and then that, just just go to the fourth quarter. Really, for, for me, in terms of a most rewatchable sequence, that that one was like you just look at you just look at it slow motion. Uh, Oklahoma was back at third and long. They were uh, deep in deep in their own territory. 
the K-State coverage was really tied in the secondary. Uh, and the former quarterback, Justin Tuggle, he was previously quarterback, he came from behind a sack Landry Jones, uh, leading to uh, a scoop and score by Jarrell Childs. That, for me, that, that might have been the ultimate uh, 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 rewatchable sequence for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, what age the best, which is a bit hard to describe as a category, but it's just kind of one of those things that once you do it, you kind of get it. I put first thing for what age the best, Fox's graphics. Yes. I, I think their graphics, dude. I think this the, the score bug and stuff they have they in 2012 is dude. a lot better than what they have now. The, the, the graphics today on Fox just look way too simple, in my opinion. And I know I'll kind of go along with this on the Fox graphics as well. Oh, and, oh no, not, not the Fox graphics, just Fox in general. I enjoy Joel Clatt a lot. Yeah, but Charles Davis. He he was. I, I, I he had, was I was going to get to that. He was he was really good when it came to oh. uh, color commentary. Okay. Oh, you. you I was going to say the opposite. Honestly, oh. we'll get we'll get to it for what age the worst. We'll get to it. Okay. Yeah. And then ESPN also in 2012, like their their black and red um one from like the late 2000s is good, but like the um like the gray one that they had at the bottom for a long time that they've kind of just revamped. And, like, everybody's kind of copying the Fox one they have now. That's just, like, a little tiny square at the bottom. I actually, I think it's better in the top left when it's just, just out of the way. It's tiny, you know. And it's, you know, it's got that kind of, like, square metallic robot vibe that sports graphics just generally have. It just really kind of gives yeah. you the fanfare type of vibes. Like, uh, especially, like, during the beginning of a season. Like, when you see those graphics pop up, well, maybe like the Super Bowl graphics as well. Like yeah. he's supposed to kind of look familiar with the like with a little like with a little squares of a team logos. Uh, man, that those just look really cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. We already did kind of like the uh, how innovative some of the RPO stuff was. I said Colin Klein. Literally, I think Colin Klein has aged very well. It seems oh, like yeah. he's lost a bunch of weight. He looks pretty much the same. I mean, for being he ten looks, years, he looks pretty much the exact same. He looks. Uh, Ah man, I don't I don't know what to think about that. He well, he, I'll give you this. He has gotten a lot more skinnier. Uh, he, he he I don't think he has I, as much muscles as he was back in back in his quarterback yeah, days. Yeah, I mean, I think he just needed to, you know, kind of beef up so he could actually take those hits and I'm sure after he just, you know, I'm sure and it then, would, and then right after that, I mean, now you're seeing him with wrinkles, a beard, and now he's yeah. now he's our offensive coordinator. Yeah, and you I mean obviously after watching this game you can see why he'll he seems like he'll make a really good offensive coordinator. Yeah, he um, and and we saw with the LSU game as well, like yeah. comparing the Oklahoma, like the Oklahoma games and the 2012 season to that LSU game last year. Yeah. It just seemed as if there is more offensive variety all yeah. around. Yeah, and I and I sure hope that's the case this next season as well. Yeah, I know. I know they said in spring practice that he's kind of been emphasizing more tempo, which is like whoa, scandal. Yeah, like go, go, <laughs> go a little, go a little bit fast. It dude. would be if we got to You got to expect the unexpected these Bill days. Bill Snyder Family Stadium when when we see a hurry up offense, it's just like. Oh my God! Is it 2050? What is happening? Anyway, it's the future. Anyway, back to this game. Uh, I have two more things. Uh, Bill Snyder's Cotton Bowl windbreaker. Obviously, he he rocked it in this game. It it's aged. It's good. aged very it, well, and it's now famous. It, he he's, he's he's been wearing it. I mean, even after the 2012 season. Yeah, he wore it. Like, I think for he, the rest I, of his career. I think he wore it uh, in the game where he won 200. His 200th game. I think he wore it wore it during that game against KU. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, like back in what was it 20 2016? Yeah, 2016. 
he, I think he was still wearing it. That it just fits really well on him. These it just it fits him well. Yeah, I mean, I can't blame him for I wearing it. I it's can't pretty blame snazzy. Him. It looks pretty snazzy. I don't know why he wore it for the a ball game that we lost, but I mean, it looks pretty snazzy. Maybe it's like a, you know, a motivator to remind him or something like that. I mean, I don't know. I'm not in the psyche of. Bill Snyder. I've but. seen. I've seen. I, I mean, not non Bill Snyder related. I've seen some people wear the 2019 Liberty Bowl gear uh, uh, yeah. as well. So, yeah. all right. As long. I mean, win or lose, at least you'll just know. Like the the the, the T shirt design is just like yeah. so. Epic. All right. I want to save the K State mask for the end of what H the best. Do you have anything else you want to add? Have we missed anything for what is H the best? Mm-hmm. Ten years ago. What aged? What else aged the best? Uh, I mean, we covered a lot of stuff, so probably probably a little more of a, of a rise of Tyler Lockett. Yeah, like he started off a little bit quiet in his first first year, but uh, then uh, um, just f- flash forward a couple of years later, he's starting to get some. He was starting to get some more media notice. Yeah, uh, draft uh, potential draft notice as well from some of the. Uh, ins- insiders, or scouts, scouts. That's yeah, I go. always forget. It's scouts. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. He's aged pretty well. Um. So yeah. It's okay. So if we don't have anything else, I would like to talk about the K State mask. Um. He came onto the scene in the 2012 season. Um. I believe he did the first game. Um. He mentioned he did the first game by himself, and then uh, 502 Media Productions reached out to him and asked <laughs> if they could kind of beef it up. And beef it up, they did. I, I um, remember the, the first the first one I saw. He was doing an interview. He said, "I eat I eat footballs, <laughs> like I literally eat footballs." <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, I mean, we'll go out here. Uh, he this did guy, actually. This guy's a nut burger. He did an interview with the Collegians, so we'll just I'll just quickly. It's a very short clip, just about how he like fell in love with K State from Southern Illinois, and then I got uh, stationed here. 2010 and just fell in love with it fell in love with the football games all the school as a whole so i mean you know he's a fort riley soldier obviously and he just started making these videos and they are absolutely hilarious i mean some of the best i mean some of the stuff well, hasn't aged super well but some of the trash talk is the, just like the, the baylor and oregon games are not they they didn't they didn't uh yeah, cause yeah, cause it ended up what ended up happening. The yeah, Baylor I mean, one is very good but, from uh, what we said. The but best, I, the best one is probably the West Virginia one. Real, yeah, that is really good with well, the one, song. Well, one with the song. Like, yeah, like, but oh, man. the KU post game is is one of my personal favorites. The, pre, the pregame one, uh, he was chasing a chicken yeah. just as a chicken, I guess. Well, <laughs> yeah, but the post the post game one, I just, uh, I mean, we have a best of that we'll get to. But he's, you know, he starts out in the beginning with glasses on and a scarf, and he's like rolling <laughs> up an organic cigarette and stuff. He's like, keep organic cigarettes, keep it at Lawrence. He, we we play <laughs> Smash Mouth Sports. <laughs> All right. Uh, what, what I mean, I think one one more that I did. Oh, he had a tea party for uh, before the North Texas game. Yeah. He had um he had like um a lot of stuffed animals. He had like the eagle from North Texas. Yeah. He also like had a stuffed bear for like <laughs> one of Missouri State's players, Ashton Glazer. Uh, he said he seemed a little fragile. <laughs> I mean, it was absolutely hilarious stuff. If you didn't see the uh, the best of that I posted on Twitter, I went ahead and uh, put it up here for oh, your boy. viewing pleasure. So here we go. Kind of Division One school doesn't even have an airport nearby. Got me walking through these woods. Thank God I got my cat-like senses with me. Bob Stoops, visor. Hey, Bobby, this ain't country club golf. This is football. 
We wear either full hats or no hats. Charlie White's on the sideline wearing all black, looking like a monster truck tire. Because he knew he was coming to a funeral for your football team, your season's over. It was over before it even began. Manhattan ground, K-State mask, asking for clearance to taxi. On my way to Ames to beat that ass to football. Max, what the hell are you doing here? You ain't welcome in the hills, West Virginia. Yeah, you're not welcome to high school proms either, but you still show up there, don't you, old man? How awesome am I? You keep wondering? Do you see me flying this plane while I'm looking? <laughs> I could fly this thing all the way to Africa if I wanted to. But why? They don't play college football. You think, oh, basketball's three weeks away. Guys, this basketball team isn't even going to be that good. You say, oh, we got our freshmen off academic probation. Duh. That just spells disaster right there. And they probably can't spell disaster because they were on academic probation. <laughs> oh, that last one is one of my favorites. You, That's can't, what... you can't spell disaster because <laughs> of academic probation. Oh, me and my mom had so much fun with Charlie White's looking like a monster truck tire. Charlie West on the sideline wearing all black, looking like a monster truck tire. He, he also he was also on some of the inside oh. college football shows on CBS as well. Yeah, um, he was like kind of giving a preview. He was in front of a fake green screen. Many uh, many he, he got mad after like noticing that K State was the number seven team of the nation. He he just ravages the green screen. <laughs> Which was out in front of a in, in front of a Flint Hills, and he just starts doing his motivation videos. It's Uh-oh. like, uh, Cal's gonna beat UCLA. Baby Blue's a stupid color. The color <laughs> that really matters is purple. It's just a true legend. I got one more clip to play, John, and it's in this uh, interview he did with a collegian. Um, he makes a prediction. Um, this was September twenty. 20- Seventh, so it was just after the win against Oklahoma. Is his prediction for how he sees uh, the season going, and he's pretty accurate. Overall, I see it's probably eleven and one, and I see us still ranked about seven or eight, mm-hmm. just because we don't get the votes. You know, um, I would like to say you know that I see us in the, the BCS bowls. I see us totally destroying KU. I mean, he got all that pretty much right. I mean, I think we were six after the loss to um, Baylor. I mean, that's close enough. Yeah, and then I mean, I think we finished we moved, like ten. Then we moved up a little bit after we but beat Texas. Eleven and one going to a BCS bowl. He pretty much nailed it. Um, so yeah, K State mask, absolute legend. If I could figure out where he is, I would have tried to interview him. But um, his identity is a mystery to me. So um, yeah, it's kind of a mystery to me as well. I did see him. Uh, uh, he he went to a K State volleyball game back back then as well. When K State, I think K State was thirteen and zero to start the year. He decided to go watch watch some of the games. So I decided to, to meet him. He was oh that's cool. He was cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, nice. Pretty right. short as well. <laughs> yeah, he does look pretty short. Anyway, what age the worst, John? This is I guess this will drop some controversy. Okay. You, I said Charles right. Davis. I think Charles Davis is aged terribly. Oh, Not, you mean age? like as a commentator? Oh, as a commentator. Because I think. I don't know. I just think his shtick has really worn off on me. Probably, yeah, but, uh, I'll say that, yeah. Probably because he's on Madden every single year, and I have to listen to his like stupid little things he does a million times. That is true. Playing Madden a bunch. That That's probably why. I mean, I don't know. That I I was I've been playing Madden for a while now, and just hearing some of the things like, oh, I mean, he just practically gave up on me. Like, dude, what the heck? I'm trying my best. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but he was really good back then. But but uh, Joel Joel Klatt's Joel he, Klatt is he's, he's 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 a step above. He he along with Kirk Herbstreit, they're the cream of a crop yeah. when it comes to. 
color commentary yeah, for college football. Gus and Joel Klatt are a, are a goaded combo. They do a really good job. Um, this is unrelated, but the, I, the uh, ultimate combo who goes to Ohio State and Oklahoma games only. Yeah, pretty pretty much, which is pretty a bit unfortunate. Much, but yeah. um, anyway, this is completely unrelated. But I just thought this is related to the 2012 season and the Heisman race. Um, Manti Teo's girlfriend aged <laughs> pretty bad. Um, <laughs> I looked it up. If you're if you forgot with the story. Basically, um, I think on September 15th, Manti Teo um, went through a pretty tough stretch. I mean, his his grandma did actually die yeah, in that, that, that which was really, yeah. which is actually she actually died, which is terrible. And then he gets a text from his online girlfriend that, she, or you know, from somebody that she had died of leukemia, and um, you know that he dedicated the season to her or something. And then it turns out that she didn't die. And it was kind of a whole thing, and he had to talk about it at the Heisman ceremony, and he pretty much got memed on. Well, I don't know if he got memed on. It was 2012, but um, it was a pretty awkward time for Manti Teo. Um, but, yeah, I just thought it would bring because I couldn't think of anything and, else that it aged uh, worse. Johnny Manziel. Johnny Manziel, that's a great one. Johnny Manziel, yeah. Like, they were, they were like, talk, just talking about him, in 20, like, at the end of the 2012 season, 2013. Oh, oh, Johnny Manziel, he's going to win the Heisman back-to-back years. It's so obvious. And then ne- next thing you know, he, he flips off a, a Rice football player in a football game. Yeah. Uh, and then just just went downhill ever since. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's I'm trying to Yeah, that's a really good one for what age the worst. If you we don't have a ton of time, so I it's if you want to get we can think of some other Florida stuff later. Florida football has aged badly. <laughs> Texas we, I mean, football we just, has we aged go badly. A bunch of football teams that have fallen off. Nebraska. Oh man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they they've taken oh, a yeah. they've taken a really bad hit. Oh yeah. What yo know, uh Alabama, Notre Dame, they're doing good. Yeah, they're chilling. Oregon's Oregon's still kind of up there. Yeah, Oregon's doing fine. They're not as good, you know, since Chip Kelly left, but I mean they got a new coach. We'll, we'll, we'll see what they do yeah. with Dan Manning. Ironically, Dan Manning plays uh his former team, Georgia, yeah. to start the year, so off topic, but Yeah, anyway. Uh how about <laughs> okay, how about this, John? Most random K State flair you totally forgot about. Uh, while watching this game, while watching this game, you're just like, oh, I forgot about him. I kind of didn't realize how stacked our our hmm. defense was, but uh, I got, I got, I'll just go ahead and do mine. I I forgot about Meshack Williams, I did, yeah, who's yeah, one that of my comes to my mind as well. He's one of one of the best names that I think we've had at K State. Meshack Williams, that's pretty good. I can't believe we had him, Ryan Mueller. Um, I'm trying to think, Justin Ryan Tuggle, Mule, Ryan Mueller in his early days as well. Yeah, it was pretty solid. Obviously, at Arthur Brown, Ty Zimmerman, Nigel Malone. I mean, it was a stacked defense that did a ton of good stuff. Um. Anyway, uh, we already covered the John Higgins Award for biggest ref blown call. Uh, biggest what if? Um, I don't really know what the what if is because I oh. think if we lose this game, it would suck. I think our season would still go fine. I, I think, think we'd, I think be we'd like still be maybe like ten Alamo, and two, nine and maybe Alamo yeah. Bowl or something like. Yeah, that. Yeah, we wouldn't be Big Twelve champions, unfortunately. But I think we're still Alamo Bowl, Cotton Bowl. You know, I think we're still doing pretty solid. And the, up, the upper echelon um, of Big Twelve bowls. Uh, maybe, maybe another. Maybe a how you could maybe put into detail is maybe like some of the plays that Oklahoma kicked themselves with, like with the amount of turnovers, like yeah. if, especially with Landry Jones. What if Landry Jones was able to, to or, or Blake Bell, what if they were able to uh, contain more of a ball security? Yeah, not have three turnovers. Yeah. yeah, then it would probably be a lot more close of a game and Oklahoma – Maybe have, would have had a better chance yeah, of winning, Espe- especially with a Blake Bell touchdown because they were at like, a one yard. That line. was pretty much a guaranteed touchdown. That was a guaranteed touchdown, the, yeah. and he j- he just 
like he had he was in position, but he didn't have the ball. Yeah, and then obviously ready. a bigger what up for the 2012 team is the Baylor game, which um, oh. I would get into, which will directly lead me into my uh, Max Kellerman hot take. You don't believe, but you would say on first take to please your boss. Um, I think we could have beaten Notre Dame. I said Notre Dame or Alabama in the national championship game. I don't. I just. I just. Say, I think. Well, or, I was just gonna say that I think Oregon was a really bad matchup for us in the Fiesta Bowl. Obviously, that was you know K State Oregon was going to be the national championship game until we lost to Baylor and um, Oregon lost to Stanford. Um, but I think I think I, I think that was real, just a bad matchup. Realistically, we could really be Notre Dame, so I wouldn't consider that a hot take. Uh Alabama defense was really good. Yeah, their defense. I think. Um, I don't know. I think our offense, their offense, our defense could do good against. Like their I, I think K State's offense, offense is probably better, but just Alabama's defense. I, I mean, yeah. you can't, you can't, you can't doubt it. I mean, Man. if we're gonna lose to somebody in the national championship, it, it, it may be maybe or maybe Oregon, maybe Oregon as well. Yeah, Oregon. I mean, well, be, I mean, that's already been proven. Yeah, I mean, Oregon might have been the best team in the country. They might have been the best team. They were just well, the the amount of players and the just overall speed that they had. They were just yeah. too much for us to handle. Because I mean, going into um, I believe the week before we played Baylor, I think four teams were undefeated. Then Alabama loses to Texas A&M in that crazy Johnny Manziel we beat game. TCU that week, as yeah, well. and then which leads to uh, K State being number, number one, one in the BCS. The which B- I watched some of that episode. They don't really talk about K State. And that then they much, talk about the bowl projections. I I just love bowl projections. So that's, yeah, that's pretty. That's fun. like the part where I tune in just to kind of understand the BCS system. Yeah. it just didn't make sense. Yeah, and then and then K State and Oregon lose that week, and then. Notre Dame just somehow survives against Pittsburgh as well. There's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Let's cover Apex Mountain really quick, which is just kind of like who is kind of like this is their high point. Um, I put Colin Klein, Arthur Brown, as of right now, this season is basically their high point, unless Colin Klein does something crazy. Uh, I said K-State millennial and Gen Z fans. This is really like as good as it gets when it comes to K-State fandom, really, in 2012. I, uh, I'd probably go with uh, – I'd probably have to go with John Hubert. Uh, oh yeah, that's true. Twenty-three yeah, he was carries, one hundred thirty yeah. yards. I mean, you can argue about Arthur Brown, you all you want. I'd say his his peak was uh, uh, getting the interception against Baylor, and then Colin Klein. I think that West Virginia game really proved like he was the ultimate favorite over Geno Smith. Uh, the Arthur Brown interception was uh, two thousand eleven. Yeah, got uh, intercepted RG three. Yeah, definitely in terms of moments, that was probably his apex mountain. It's not apex mountain for Bill Snyder. It's not apex mountain for Tyler Lockett. But I'd go with I'd go with John Hubert as yeah, my. Yeah, that's a pretty good apex mountain as well. So uh, I think that's gonna do it. I mean, in general, John, this was a big roadblock to get through in the twenty twelve season. I mean, we pretty much mollywopped everybody else besides Baylor, the Baylor game, and we set ourselves up oh. for a huge Big Twelve championship. It was a really magical season. Almost lost to Iowa State as well. You, yeah, just, just to kind of point that out as well. Uh, but it it was a great year, and and uh, it was it was a great experience. Yeah. Sure. Well, thank you so much for listening. Follow the podcast, Shake and Blake. Follow us on Twitter at Shake and Blake three twelve. Take our quiz on Sporkle.com. And uh, to finish off, Cats by ninety. Cats by ninety.